0: you are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the bible baptist church in marysville california we hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message for that. That was great. good good keep your bibles out second timothy chapter number two here we are in the pastoral epistles and as we we get into these pastoral epistles uh first timothy 2 timothy and titus We find that the Apostle Paul is the penman and he is instructing the pastors and he is dealing with the church and how the church is to be organized and what what is supposed to be taking place and the teaching uh, the organization of the church and then as well as instruction for the pastors on how the church should be operated and and how to conduct yourselves and uh, so he's he's dealing with The church. So here in 2 Timothy, when we get to verse number 19, our text, I want you to look at it with me again. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Amen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. You know, there are oppositions to the church, there are false teachers. And so some of these false teachers trying to go back into Judaism, that was uh, being addressed. And, and now he is sort of pulling back in line and just saying, listen, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. And then he says, having this seal, the, no, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So now he is, he is moving from the false teachers. He's moving from religion. And he's coming right back to, to the believer. Because we have a foundation, we also have a purpose. And here in this purpose, if we are going to fulfill the purpose, there is going to have to be a change in our life. We can't be like everybody else. There's an expectation that believers are going to be holy. There's an expectation that believers are going to live a life different than the world. And he goes on, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Uh, commentators all, uh, just about all agree that this is talking about this great house. He's talking about the church, and in the great house, in the church, since he's dealing with pastors, he's dealing with churches. He's dealing; these are the pastoral epistles. In this church, there are vessels of gold and of silver. He said, but also of wood and of earth. Read that next phrase with me. And some to honor and some to dishonor. Think about that. In the church, there are those that bring honor to God. And in the church, there are also those that bring dishonor to God. Some to honor and some to dishonor. That's a sobering thought. It's sobering not just because of the implication. It's sobering to think, where am I? You know, we could just give ourselves a pass and say, I'm, of course, I'm one of the gold or the silver. Some to honor. But here, I'm sure that as he was writing to this church, Church of Ephesus, I'm sure that as he was writing to this church, the church was full of good people. You know, being a good person doesn't mean you are. Honoring God. You can be a moral person and not honor God. You can be an honest person and not honor God. So here when we look at this passage, it's a very sobering passage. And some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man, therefore, purge himself from these. purge himself from these. So he's talking about the honor and the dishonor, the gold and the silver and the wood and the earth. What do we find? We find that there is a separation. He said, if a man would purge himself from these, and so there is this uh, teaching, he said, if a man purged himself from these, He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You know what I found when I went to Bible college? Everybody at Bible college was not somebody that I could hang around. When I got saved and went to church, not everybody in church was somebody that I could really spend a lot of good amount of time with. We had a Christian school, and went to the Christian school my 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year. And even in the Christian school, as small as we were, there were people that if I was going to spend time with them... It was going to impact me, so I had to separate from Mrs. Brown. (laughs) She was a bad, bad influence. And and so, you know, in life, we really have to choose who we're going to hang around. Now, I'm not just talking about within our own church. There are people that are believers that name the name of Christ, that don't bring honor to God. And they are living contrary. So, oh, we're not supposed to judge. How do we know who to come out from among? How, how do we know whom we are to purge ourselves from these? This idea that you make no judgment is foolishness, that is not biblical, that's not not what God is saying. He says, don't judge when you have a beam in your eye, don't look to pick out the sliver out of somebody else's eye. He's not saying not to make righteous judgment. And parents, you've got to make righteous judgment for your children. And making sure that you are guiding and helping uh, them to uh, have the right insight. Uh, and giving them the guidance because they don't have the wisdom. You and I are supposed to have the wisdom to help them. And so here, when I'm looking at this passage of Scripture, what I find is is there is a necessity, there is a a direction here. Uh, He says that the goal is that if a man purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work that's the goal the reason why we separate from the world the reason why we separate from believers who are not living correctly isn't because we are better than them. It's not because we're going to put a pharisaical nose up in the air. It is because my goal is to bring honor to God. And I need to make sure that I am prepared for every good work. So with that, I've got to make judgments. I've got to make assessments. What uh, in my life needs to be removed? What needs to be uh, refocused? Uh, when I was in college, uh, I was working at a, uh, a, a semi plant, working on a c- company. It was called Monon, and we made uh, semi-trailers. And this, this company that I worked at was 80 miles south of the college. I got off at work at, or got out of school at 1 o'clock, and I had to check in at 3 o'clock. And so I'd run home, change kiss Deb, and head out the door, and we'd head south. Well, after I worked there for about two months, there was time change. Well, where we were at, the time changed an hour, and where they were at, the time did not change. Now I had one hour to go 80 miles, so get out of a shirt and tie, Uh, Get into work clothes, grab a bite to eat, and 80 miles south. And so uh, I jumped in my car. I had a 1970 Nova. Uh, We would get in the car, and we would fly low. And I never once checked in late. (laughs) You say, how fast were you going? I'm not telling you. Kids are here. (laughs) Uh, and so uh, we were driving, and, and so anyway, when I was down there, though, uh, working on these semis and building these, con- these trailers, uh, they came along in the summertime, and they had what was called a vacation shutdown. How many of you know what a vacation shutdown is? All right. If you work in any manufacturing industrial work, they will have uh, a vacation shutdown, and what that is, uh, they will go back through the entire plant, shut the plant down, and they will go back go through all of the equipment, and with that, they'll go through all the equipment. They will clean everything up tear it down they would do rebuilds Uh, they would take equipment out they would bring new equipment in they were looking at the plant trying to figure out uh, what they could do to make that plant more efficient and so uh, with that, there was a whole process. they had a whole team figured everything out, and they would shut everything down for two weeks, and that plant would be under re- rehab uh, for a two-week period, 24 /7. And that, when you came back in, they reopened up. They had Many uh, new pieces of equipment. There's new training that had to take place. And they were working through all these processes. Uh, they, had made, they had already figured out what needed to be pulled out. They had figured out what needed to be rebuilt. They figured out what needed to be discontinued, DC'd, And, and they would just get rid of it. Uh, and the process was all around the focus of being efficient. One vacation shut down, they flew a company in from Texas. They flew the entire company from Texas up. They had them, instead of renting local pieces of equipment, they brought all their equipment to do all the work. It was, it was crazy. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars went into the retooling of this factory. Now, I say that for the purpose of we have not had a vacation shutdown for two weeks. We've had a two and a half year vacation shutdown. And ministry wise, as we are starting to bring things back on and we've we've been moving forward, and I'm thankful for that, there is some necessity for some retooling. Looking at where we are. Looking at where we are were looking at where we are now and what is next. And with that, that type of assessment has to be not just on the leadership, it also has to be on each and every one of us as a believer. Because if we are honest with ourselves, covid has impacted our faith some it has impacted our faith for good and some it has impacted our faith and it has not been good and sure we're here but where's my spirit where's my walk where's my faith where's my usefulness And so so here, as we look at this tonight, I want to speak to you on the subject, retool. Retool. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to be a Christian, a child of God. And and Lord, as we look into our own lives, I pray that uh, you would just help us. Lord, help us individually, each and every person Uh, and the impact then that it will have on each and every home. And then, of course, the impact that that will have uh, on the assembly of the believers here. And so I pray that you would help us, Lord, those that are uh, here in person, those that are online, help all of us, Lord, to just draw a circle around ourselves. And may you speak to our hearts. Give us what we need, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Now, as we look at this, and I've got Literally, I've got a short message tonight. I do have a short message. It's just whether it's going to be presented short. And so uh, let's, let's look at it. I think we can. Uh, it will be uh, a short message. Look with me here, first of all, at verse number 19. He said, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Uh, and first I want us to, to, to talk about in this retool, how's our faith? How's our faith? The foundation of God standeth sure. No matter what the circumstances are going on in the world around us, the foundation of God standeth sure. God has not changed. God has not changed from the day of creation. God has not changed from the Tower of Babel. God has not changed from uh, the time of Noah. God has not changed from the the giving of the Ten Commandments. God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, Uh, Jesus, he is the same. Uh, I am the Lord thy God. I change not, he said. So uh, we see that the foundation of God standeth sure. Now let me ask you a question tonight. How's your faith? Is it? standing sure? Is our foundation sure? Or is our foundation a little shaky? Is our our foundation, is everything up in the air? Are we re-questioning everything on our faith? Uh, Our faith hasn't changed. Our Bible has not changed. Our God has not changed. Nothing has changed. The world around us has changed. But God has not. The foundation of God standeth sure. And you and I, we have to be able to at some point say, I believe my Bible. I believe I am embracing my faith. And I'm embracing the faith no matter what somebody else does. Somebody else starts to to veer and to fade and to go different directions. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Our foundation standeth sure. It standeth sure. And you know, with that, we should have we should have that strong faith. We've got to look and say, where am I in my faith? You know, when, when they went through and retooled those that that uh, business, uh, that plant, uh, they didn't ask the they didn't ask the equipment if they needed to be replaced. There was somebody that was making that assessment that said, okay, this needs to be gone, this one needs to be replaced. You know, in our faith, we have to make some assessments. What is, if my faith is not sure, why? Why? Has God failed us? No, He has not. God has been true all the way through COVID, hasn't he? He has been sure. Has, Has God changed? No, God hasn't changed. So if God hasn't changed, have I changed? Have I allowed things in my life that has impacted my faith? Sometimes, sometimes there are people that are speaking into our lives that are not helping us, they're hurting us. And instead of our foundation being sure, our foundation is shattered. And then we're trying to pick up pieces. And let me, let me just tell you something. The faith that I have been handed, the faith that I have preached for all these years, uh, it, it is a faith that uh, you have received. And you know what? That faith, it's worth hanging on to. It's worth hanging on to. Why? Because it's been handed down. It's been handed down generation after generation after generation, and, and you know what? We see what it produces. You know what it produces? It produces good families. It produces uh, people getting saved. It produces uh, a church that is, is, is growing and uh, a church that is, uh, is solid. Uh, and here we find this faith. It works. We don't have to change the faith. You know, we can change the colors. I can't wait to get the building painted. I was saying earlier, I was saying, well, wait till spring. Spring's here. Oh no, now we got to paint. And so, uh, you know, there are things that we can do that we're going to change, but our foundation isn't changing. It's sure. But is it sure under your feet? If it's not, we have to make that assessment. Why? What, is, what has changed? What is it that has changed to cause our foundation? So we see, first of all, our faith. Uh, the storms of life are coming. The unknowns, the reversals, the situations, the stresses, uh, they're coming. And, and we just have to ask ourselves, how, how sure is our faith? Is our faith solid? Uh, And in our faith, uh, the sureness of our faith is based on the sureness of our God. Uh, And our foundation, our faith, our trust, our anchor, our rock, that hasn't changed. So where's our foundation at? First of all, our faith. Do we have to retool our faith? Are there... Are the things that we've got to do? Maybe in our faith we have, we've allowed too many voices into our life that are, that are causing us to lose our stability. Uh, we were solid. We were grounded. We were faithful. What has happened? And maybe, maybe there's some things in our faith that we've got to retool. Not that our faith needs to be changed, but maybe what we are allowing uh, to come our direction uh, that's impacting our faith, maybe that has to change. Maybe there has to be some retooling, uh, that reassessment, if you would. Uh, So first of all, our faith. Secondly, uh, verse number 20, he said, But in a great house there uh, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Not only not only are is our faith solid are we fit are we fit are we are we up to par do we need a rehaul an overhaul do do we need to have a tune-up Maybe, maybe there's some things in our life that we just need to do a complete overhaul in. Years ago, I, I had an auto repair shop, and, and, uh, and I would have engines, and I had multiple uh, engine stands, and I would, I would have these engines, and we'd come in, and we'd pull an engine out of a car, and uh, we'd rip that engine apart, and pieces Everywhere. And uh, I remember the very first engine that I ever tore apart, I was 16 years old, pulled the engine out of my car, tore the entire thing apart uh, in uh, my dad's garage, had no idea what anything was. (laughs) But I had a Chilton's manual. (laughs) And if you know anything about auto repair, Chilton's manuals are terrible. Uh, they give you about that much information on a big project. And so, uh, anyway, I tore that thing apart, and it wasn't long where I realized I can't put this thing back together. I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the tools, I didn't have any idea of what it was going to take to put that all together. So I put all the pieces in the back of a truck and took it down to a machine shop, and the guy laughed at me. <laughs> Uh, and I ended up buying a, a, a long block and got that home, and I did get the engine put back together. Uh, they did the overhaul, and I just put everything on top of it and got it back, back running, uh, and that was quite the experience. But, you know, sometimes we need an overhaul. Sometimes we, we need an overhaul. Sometimes we just need a tune-up. Things are just a little out of whack. Just not running quite the way they should be running. Maybe we've lost some zeal. Maybe we've lost some energy. Maybe we have lost a spiritual insight. Maybe we have, we have lost the joy of our salvation and lost the joy of serving. Maybe we're not really fit right now. I was talking to somebody recently. They're they talking about doing a, uh, uh, maybe it was David, talking about those marathons. What are those things called? The Spartan races. And they're doing these races and running through the mud and muck and uh, ice water and all these crazy things. I'm like, you know what, I don't even like to run. Why would I want to run and uh, through a bunch of stuff like that? And so, anyway, uh, you know, uh, but when somebody is going to do that or somebody is going to do a marathon, brother, uh, brother Josh was talking about doing a marathon or half a marathon, uh, and uh, he's talking about his plans and, and what he is doing to get himself ready to run that marathon. You know, we have to be fit. You know, in the Christian life, we've got to stop and see, hey, where am I at? Am I am I ready? Am I really ready to serve the Lord, or am I just sort of floating through? Am I just sort of trudging through, but I'm not really, I'm not really moving forward? There really isn't that cutting edge. Uh, For my birthday this last year, um, I was going to bring it over, and I forgot to. Uh, I got a a saw from Brother and Mrs. Jim Cook, and it's one of those saws. It's a folding saw. It's a backpack saw and for, go out hunting or whatnot, and just clearing limbs out of the way. And oh my goodness, this thing is razor sharp. I have one in my pack that I had when I was a teenager. And it works, but it works me more than it works cutting everything else. And it's sort of like, man, I'm just uh, 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 trying, to, trying to use that thing. And it just beats me to death. It will finally get through the piece of wood. I can't wait to go hunting this year. Pull that saw out. I mean, you've got to be careful when you open the saw up. It is so sharp uh, that I'm afraid I'm going to cut two fingers off just trying to get the thing opened up. That's how sharp it is. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's going to be great. I just can't wait. And so, uh, you know, you you have something, a tool that is ready to be used. You know, am I ready to be used in my faith? Or have I lost my edge? Am I am I ready in my faith, or I'm uh, sort of uh, just I've got a I've got am sort of in a fog. Uh, those of you that have had COVID, and I've heard people talk about uh, the COVID fog, and uh, you know just sort of in a daze a little bit, and trying to work through that. Uh, and you know what, in my in our faith, is that how we are? We just sort of in a fog. Have we lost that fire have we lost that zeal we lost that edge lost that uh, that uh, excitement about serving God and here when we're looking at this uh, we ha- we have a wonderful opportunity to serve a wonderful God but maybe there needs to be some retooling maybe there needs to be some reassessing in our lives are we fit now when we we look at uh, the the things that God says here he says but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but of also of wood and of earth some to honor and some to dishonor uh, and so here we have this honor and dishonor verse 21 if a man therefore purge himself from these he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So with this, we see that we have to purge ourselves. Uh, The word purge literally means clean out. It means to clean out. Uh, Are are there things in our life, or there people in our life that we just sort of need to clean out? Uh, it is referencing that ritual cleaning, uh, but it's talking about uh, they had to purge from some things. Uh, look down at verse twenty-two. He said, "Flee also youthful lust." So, in addition to purging yourself from those that are uh, dishonorable, he also said, "Now we have to flee youthful lust." Now, uh, the, the expo- this fleeing, uh, it is, we are to flee one, and as we flee the youthful lust, it says that we are to do something in opposite. You know, the, the teaching, the doctrine of replacement is vital. I remember when my dad, he, uh, he used to chew tobacco, and so he always had a, a dip in his lip. Uh, I was eight years old, first time. I, uh, he and I were together, they, mom and dad hadn't been married yet, and Pops and I were sitting in the, his little truck waiting for mom to get her hair done. And so it was like the first time we were out together, and he's, he's sitting there and he grabs the can of Skull, flips it open, grabs three fingers, puts it in his mouth, and Skull has that wintergreen green. Uh, flavor and so I could smell that wintergreen, and it's an eight-year-old. I thought, man, that's that smells good. Can I have some? He said, sure. <laughs> and I I saw him grab three fingers, so I grabbed three fingers. I saw him put it in his mouth. I didn't know he put it in his lip and right on top of my tongue. And it was about thirty seconds, and I was green. I was sick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you know, when Pops finally got to the place where he was going to quit chewing tobacco after he got saved, he said, I got to quit. You know, My body belongs to God. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm... And so he, got, he, st- he stopped chewing tobacco. And when he did that, he, had, he stopped having a dip in his mouth, and so he started eating Jolly Ranchers. And he would have a Jolly Rancher in his mouth, I mean, about 24 7. I mean, he was, as soon as he finished one Jolly Rancher, in went another, but it was that replacement. He had to have something in his mouth. You know, here when God says, Flee also youthful lust, he goes on and says, But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so here we flee that youthful lust, but now there are some things that we need to follow, and there's a new crowd we need to follow. With them. You know what? As believers, if you've been saved for any period of time, uh, you need to be one that is helping somebody else come along in their faith. We need to be bringing them along. We need to be uh, a a support for them as they are now trying to have that transformation of life. Uh, It's all new. I remember we went to camp right after we got saved. We got saved in uh, August. No, I got saved in April. and uh, Got married in August. Uh, But uh, anyway, I got uh, saved in April. And then that that summer, we had had summer camp. I had never been to a Christian camp. And we went to the Christian camp, and some things happened, and, and I had permission to go down to the bathrooms, and somebody had stole a bunch of stuff, so they told everybody to stay up at the, uh, the main hall. And so I asked one of the workers. The, the girls' bathrooms were up front. Boys' bathrooms were all back at the cabins. And so I asked, I said, hey, can I go to the bathroom? And they said, sure, go. So I took off, I went. Well, when I was coming back, The camp, uh, uh, the camp counselor, the one that was in charge of the whole camp, the director, he calls me over and uh, and chewed me out, and I said a few choice words back to him. I hadn't been saved very long. Now I didn't cuss, but I used one of those replacement words. And you know, as a believer, as we grow. There's a lot of things. I mean, I went back to my youth pastor. I was like, what did I say? I mean, I didn't even cuss. Uh, and so it was total, I was totally lost on why they were so upset. Uh, but I used one of those Christian cuss words, you know. Uh, and so uh, anyway, so I used that re- a replacement word that I should not have used. And, uh, and, but with that, you know, in our life, uh, as we're growing, as people are growing, there needs to be somebody that they can come alongside. Somebody that they can, uh, they can watch and, uh, and uh, uh, grow with. Uh, so we see here uh, the, the faith. We see, are we fit? Are we fit? Flee also youthful lust. Galatians chapter 5 uh, talks about the fruit uh, of the, the uh, lust of the flesh. He says, "...this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh." For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Uh, of the which I tell you as I have told you before that uh, in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God and what do we find we find that there are a lot of things that as a believer we need to flee we need to flee that list is a pretty in-depth list Do have we allowed some of that stuff to come back in our life Have we we allowed ourselves to start to embrace things that God directs us not to? And and with that, we see that we've got to find out whether or not we are fit. But not only are we fit, we we need to flee, but we need to follow. Righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And here we, we see that in our life, maybe there's some things that need to get cleaned up. You know, in the, in the whole process of a vacation shutdown, retooling, probably one of the biggest things that happens is they clean everything gets clean it's amazing how much clutter how clutter impacts our effectiveness sunday school sunday morning bus routes choir ushering special music sunday morning sunday night wednesday night Those were all all a part of our life. But now it's cluttered and we don't have time. What happened? What's, What's needed? Maybe some retooling. Maybe some reassessment. Maybe maybe we have allowed other things to fill in and not intentionally, but we've pushed the Lord. He's the one that's missed out. There are people that are watching online right now that this is their only tap to church. And I'm thankful that we have that. I'm thankful for the a team of people that are making sure that that's always going on. My mom, she watches all the services, and, and she'll be, she'll, my brother and her, Sunday morning, every week they sit together in church and, and they watch church, and he's like, man, it's like a production. <laughs> I said, I don't know about that, but, but they're, they're, they, they, that's their, their touch to church. But there are some that are at home because it's just not convenient to come to church. Maybe, maybe there's some retooling. Maybe there's some reassessing. Our faith standeth sure. So what, what have we done? What have we allowed to, in, to enter into our lives? that have maybe slowed us down you see in that shutdown they assess what needs to be done and what needs to be addressed and uh, and and what is what is stopping them from being more efficient and more effective Uh, in the church the same thing I'm looking uh, I met with staff uh, this week uh, and just went over some of this uh, and with the church uh, you know and the mission of the church are the what we're doing, uh, in the ministry in our church, are they foundational? Are they missional? Uh, all the things that we're doing, are they effective? Are they essential? Do we need to replace some things? Do we need to uh, renew some things? Do we need to retool some things and put a different look or a different, uh, a different uh, uh, way of accomplishing the, the job? Uh, maybe there's some things that we've got to make some adjustments, but, but I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to make sure that we are uh, accomplishing Everything that we can accomplish for the Lord, but we can't do it if we're not fit. If our foundation is not sure, if we are not fit uh, in, in our service for the Lord, it will impact us. And lastly, why do I need to have a sure foundation? Why do I need to be fit? Thirdly, so we can have fruit. So we can have fruit. 2 Timothy 2.21, If a man therefore purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Meet for the master's use. They are usable. We are usable. Meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. What is what's that saying? That we are we are available for the Lord to use us, and not only are we available, we are yielded and willing to the fulfillment of his plan. We are letting him use us, prepared for the master's use. Matthew twenty-two and verse thirty-six, the Lord was asked, What is the great commandment? His response was that we should love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then later he says, and thy neighbor as thyself, he says, on these two commandments hang all the prophets. You know, in our service for the Lord, we've got to love God and we've got to love others. If we are going to love God and we're going to love others, then we will have fruit. Because if I truly love them, I am going to communicate the gospel. Why? You can't tell somebody you love them and not tell them about Jesus. I mean, if Jesus has really made an impact in my life, how could I not tell others about him? You know, most, most messages, I mention Deb somehow. Is it because she wants notoriety? Yes. No. No. It's just she's a central focus of my life. I love her. How can I not talk about her? You know, if we love the Lord, we're going to talk about Him. We're going to tell somebody. You know, in our, in our walk, this last two and a half years, there's the whole world changed. Two years, two and a half, whatever. With, with that, everything has changed. But our faith hasn't changed. Our God hasn't changed. Our mission hasn't changed. So where are we in the, where are we in that focus? Do I need to reset some things? Some things that I need to readdress my personal walk with the Lord. Prayer time, Bible study, soul winning. The things I need to address with relationships and people. Are there people that are slowing me down? Are there people that I need to be investing in? You know, that's, those are questions all of us have to ask. And in doing so, what we'll find is we know what we need to do. You know, even as a young Christian, when I really didn't have much Bible knowledge at all, or any, you know, the Holy Spirit who lives within us, He does a great job on telling us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. You know what, if we're honest and we're really seeking His leadership in our life, what we'll find is, We'll be okay if we're just letting him lead. Letting him lead and us following. Taking those steps as he wants us to take those steps. But our foundation, our faith, it's solid. It's sure. Don't let somebody else shake your faith. Don't let somebody else's changing ways change your faith. Don't let somebody else's failures change your faith. We've all had people that we looked up to that have blown it. God didn't blow it. God hasn't changed. Our foundation, our foundation standeth sure. Let's retool. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. and and our people i pray that you'd help all of us lord to look into our own lives and see if there are some things that we need to adjust and change and so uh, help us tonight Uh, may the spirit of god just work in our hearts and uh, may you lead us and guide us and as we take steps as we make decisions may you be honored please for christ's sake we pray amen let's stand together thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our service if you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number 4, me.org. May God bless you.